Okay, first episode is starting. It's starting right now, shut the fuck up. We're live. Okay, so this is the first episode of Stony Hill Garage. Talk. Talk. Shop talk. Shop talk. We're still working on the name, it's a workshop. Episodes, we'll kind of come up with ideas for, what would you call that? General bullshittery. Well, because like, for instance, like, Real as Fuck has like CTI... Which is cruise the internet, and then Q and AF, which is questions and answers as fuck, and then they have like real talk. So there's like different. Well, we'll come up with topics and then we'll discuss them. Exactly. Okay. We'll figure it out as we. We'll do our thing. Okay. Well, Jory, you got the questions. Ask the questions. All right. Tonight we're going to be talking about the real shit that everybody cares about, especially nowadays. How the fuck do you start a project? What do you buy? Where do you buy your parts? What do you work on? Who do you get shit worked on for? What's cheaper to have it shopped out than you do yourself? So I guess, uh, one of you guys want to tell me what would be something you look for when you're going to buy a project car? Model, make, year, decade? I guess what I look for is uniqueness. Something. I don't know what exactly always catches my eye, but it's something different. So, well, right now... But how does that help that, with parts availability? Well, okay, but also, when you say uniqueness, a lot of your stuff, you base off of Wisconsin, too. Yes and no. It... Like, I guess it goes into what I'm into. Like, right now, I'm into trucks. So, like, if you look at my, say, marketplace listings, it's all larger trucks or like two-wheel drive dualies, but they're all cleaner. Like, and so you're looking for no rust or less rust? Less rust, but also character. Like I'm into the patina look right now, so I'm not interested in a pristine paint job or all, you know, perfect paint. I'm into something that has character that shows the years of hard work. But that's with the trucks. I mean, with cars, it might be something totally different, but it's always, something different like nothing against like a camaro or a challenger or or me with the same style truck all the time yeah but i want something that me with all my fords yeah exactly yeah (laughs) and my one dodge (laughs) i i want something that is different like when you go to a show and you see it you're like i don't know why but i like it like that's what i search for Okay, that's true, but then uh, why do none of your projects ever look like that? They, they do. Like, Cody's got the, uh, like the unique. Yeah, why don't you go through the projects well, you have right now? Well, here, just wait. Let's wait for that. But, like, for instance, like, then there's me, and I just do Chevy truck. That's my thing. I, and lately it's been single cab short beds because that's they're hard to come by now but like for me i have i my best build it's up on the wall there it's it's just a chevy half ton that i did a bunch of stuff to to make it my own it was mint it had big ass wheels and it had tire stickers that were one off to that truck so like like i get it for cody is it's the uniqueness of the vehicle but then there's also that guy like me that's getting something that everybody's had or has and turning it into mine. So like for my, what I would pick as a project is I'm looking for a truck that I can easily get parts for. Everybody's got parts for a Chevy truck. doesn't matter the year, doesn't matter the generation. It's always somebody's got the parts or I can order it aftermarket. So I can build whatever the fuck I want because of how easy it is to get the parts for it because it's so popular, I guess you could say. And I search for the exact opposite. I love the chase of the part almost as much as putting the part on the vehicle. But to go kind of back to popularity versus unpopularity, that's not what you're basing it off. You're not going to looking at a project saying... I know that the part support and the group support and everything is going to be available for this car to get parts. You guys are just looking for the car and figuring out the rest afterwards. 
Well, yeah, we're looking for what speaks to us, I guess. Yeah. The, the p- potentiality of what we're looking at is the biggest thing. Yeah. So what you're saying is, for somebody who's going out trying to find their first project, for you, you would focus more on what you want versus like the logistics side of it. Well, also you got to base it on like budget too. For instance, mm-hmm. like Cody, Cody's poured thousands of dollars into his builds just to be able to get get the things that it needs to be back to almost original or just past original. Yeah, you have to make sure that the vehicle is mechanically sound and safe before you mod it to whatever you want to do. I mean, and with being a unique vehicle, it can be more expensive to get to the point of being mechanically sound to be able to drive it. Yeah, it takes longer to find the parts. So, and, for the entry level person who's looking to start with their first parts or first whatever project car, go for something that isn't totally unique because it's going to break the bank. <laughs> Save that for a later project. Something you're really unique, you're really passionate about, and you got the spending money, you got the experience built up, you know what you're going to Then go into the uniqueness of the vehicle. So yeah. on your first project, find something you're passionate about, obviously. Right. But also find something that's got support, it's got part support, it's got all this extra stuff. Yeah. But, for, you can go. For a first, if you're going into your first project vehicle, I would recommend something you know, like a Camaro, a Mustang, if you're into cars, or a Civic, if you're into tuners. And then if you're into trucks, you know, get like a 90s, 2000s Chevy or Dodge or Ford, but something that there's thousands upon thousands of them where you can find used parts, you can find new aftermarket support for the stuff. Don't go with don't go with a 55 Nash that's got a locked up motor. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't go with what I have. Just, I, I go for the uniqueness. Do the exact opposite of what Cody does. Yeah, I've taken the, the long, hard way, and it's definitely, it teaches you, but you also have to learn as you go and sometimes get the help of people and take it to a shop for certain things that you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, for like first build wise, I, I wish I would have done as I wish I would have set a budget. Yes. Another great thing, like why I just brought up first thing you do, what, once you have the vehicle, make a folder or online, you know, memo pad or something, and you put down how much a vehicle costs it, everything that you put into it, but also an estimate of how much you're going to spend on this stuff. Like and, what's your budget for each And when part? you estimate, always estimate high. Don't yeah. estimate on the deal. Because that's where I've made mistake in building. And that's where I've made mistake in working on customer cars too. Is, well, I could probably get a deal on this. And all of a sudden the part's $400 more than what, mm-hmm. what I expected. Or what online said. Just because of the availability of it. Oh, yeah. So, so like, if you're going to start a build, get something where... You can buy a solid vehicle for a thousand dollars. Then, for say it's got rusty rocker panels, rusty quarters, any anything like that, expect about twenty five hundred to three thousand in just your metal. And then, if you're a DIYer, then plan on just spending a shit ton of hours putting that metal in. And and if you got the money and you got the budget to be able to go pay for it, expect ten to fifteen thousand to be able to do all the metal work and get it into a place where, excuse me, you can work with it. And another thing that I would also bring into your budget and your estimate is estimate out your time. Mm-hmm. What's Even your time though worth? you're not planning on paying yourself for anything, it's nice to go ahead and look at it from the standpoint that, hey, I'm going to spend 10 hours doing this. I value my time at this. So you can take that and look at it like, is it worth it? Is it worth more? spending yeah. four grand of my time in my life working on this when I can go buy something a little nicer, a little farther along, needs a little less work? Yeah. Yeah, and going off of that, just thank you, Jory. Sorry, I saw beer. I lost. I lost 
my train, train of thought. thought. Better go catch it. No, uh, no. I was gonna say with the time, always estimate high too. Exactly. And same with you know why I was saying too, like estimate high with all the parts, and also expect that. Say you're doing a brake job, like you need pads and rotors on a vehicle. Expect the calipers are gonna go wrong. You know, like estimate that always in your budget. Always plan for shit going wrong because when you're working on shit, especially old shit. It's shit, and it'll seize, and it'll be well, rusted. For instance, exactly what we're talking about here is Cody is. We just took out the fuel fuel tank in Cody's car. The, the whole fuel system on it, yeah, lines and everything. And Cody asked, "Should I do the brakes? Should I do the brake lines right now because we got the fuel cell out and we're gonna be cutting the floors out?" And I said, "Yeah, might as well. If if we're going that far, let's do it. Let's. You, that's probably something to plan on." And then if I have the brake lines out. It makes sense to redo the rear brakes because the system needs to be bled again. So it's easy enough to pull the drums off and rebuild the, you know, throw the shoes and all the hardware in there. And the new, new wheel cylinders. In, yep, yep. Because wheel cylinders, especially with new fluid, they might lock up and you don't want to go through all that work. And, but again, it's how much you want to throw into the project. Right. And you it know? all comes back to set your budget. Yeah. But also... If you're going to redo a car or a truck, any project, you have to have, you have to expect to be spending thousands of dollars on it. There's nothing that's ever going to be, oh, well, I, I'm going to put a thousand bucks into it and it's going to be exactly what I want. Yeah. yeah. And and do it, just do it the right way the, the first time because I, I think I can attest to all three of us, we have tried to take shortcuts on... A lot of stuff. And, and it's every always time, come back to bite us in the ass. Every single time. And maybe one day we'll learn because we keep doing it. <laughs> what do you mean? My two plugs into a plug job on a Dodge Ram and I just gave up and said, screw it, I'll take it to the shop and let them deal with it? Mm -hmm. Or, yeah. well, it runs better with these two new spark plugs, so I'll just drive it. Well, it did run better with two new spark plugs. <laughs> did it run great. Still miss, but... It ran better with two new spark plugs. <laughs> and this is literally just from the past week. We have countless of other examples besides this. I'd say between us, we probably have at least 35, 40 years of project car and wrenching on vehicles. At least. Yeah. Yeah. I spent a lot of years working on race cars. And we're all in our early to mid-20s. So. Mm -hmm. Turn 26 next week. Thank you very much. Okay. Happy birthday. Yeah, I'll expect uh, cold air intake for my Taurus. <laughs> and we'll, we'll start saving. Maybe we'll set up a Patreon for that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of Patreon. <laughs> Crowdfund my uh, <laughs> Taurus <laughs> show bills. <laughs> yeah, if you guys want to see a uh, 2013 Taurus show. Go super duper fast. Like the guy advertised. Jo then. Jory has a goal of 300 miles an hour with that car. <laughs> exactly. <yes. laughs> We're going to put a jet engine on it. And now we've lost all credit. Yep. Well, it's only 13 minutes 13 in. Minutes in. There we 13 go. minutes in, we're already completely <laughs> off track. Yep. So to go back to first projects, something that's kind of common. So what what are some common cars that you guys see as shows that yep. might be a good project to start into? You want to name cars, I'll name trucks? Yeah. Uh, if we're going for affordability. Affordability and supportability with parts and everything. I would say right now, good cars to get into that have a lot of support. Uh, but the SRT4 Neons are, there's, they're getting harder to find, but there's a good support for them. If you're talking Chevys. Second gen, third gen Camaros. I would say like the, yeah, the 90s Camaros have yet to gain, like the Z28s are kind of getting value, but like the RSs definitely are not yet. But what about the Fish Eye Camaro? That is uh, the 90s. Is it? Yeah. Well, also even like the 80s Camaros are starting to like, the market's actually starting to come down for them, where they're affordable, like for instance John, he's got his 80, I don't remember, it's like an 86 or an 87 mm -hmm. Camaro and I think he only paid like 4500 bucks for that car. Yeah, and then today's dollars that's Anything under five for a, a decently clean body, that's it's that's kind of what you want. If you find something for a grand now, 
it's probably not gonna be worth it because you're gonna have to put in a lot of body work into it. And that's just body work. And that's just, just a body. That doesn't include the mechanical part of it. Well, yeah. And most of that mechanical stuff is stuff that's not even performance related. It's just, it's just like, I gotta replace this sensor, these seals. With the new shit, yeah. But even with the old stuff, you're gonna be you're replacing, still replacing seals. Every, you're doing all the lines. And yeah. All the stuff that you need just to get the vehicle from, let alone to drive it and have fun. So definitely, I... I guess my thing that I would say is save save the money and wait until you have like four or five grand set aside for a project vehicle. Don't jump in when you find the $1,500 deal because you're going to be a lot more into that car compared to the one that is four grand usually. I mean, sometimes you'll come across a really good deal, but most of the time, I, I'd say like 90% of the time, you're going to pay for it. I, I guess I... I wouldn't say put a dollar on what you pay for your project car because there are guys that are going to do the floors. The guy, there are the guys that are going to replace a frame. Put the car. amount of time that you're going to spend on that compared to right. what Jordan was saying. You have to pay your, kind yeah. of pay yourself with well, the time. Also, it falls back on is like, are, are you doing this project to make money or are you doing it for the passion of it and you're going to most likely keep it? But even if you keep it, that's you still, still don't want to spend how many hours out of your day that you could be doing right. something. But that's else. any hobby, though. Look at guys that are paying to go play football or softball or soccer in a league. They're paying money to be in that league, and they're not getting anything out of it. But you should you know? still value your time at some point. Well, right? So yeah, like your time is always worth something. Yeah. But I'm not like, saying to totally dump it out because it's going to take you this long. I it's mean, just you got to look at that value and say, hey, for me, this project, it's worth that four grand of time I'm going to put into it. And I guess I guess what we should clarify, like Wyatt is a body guy. So for him doing floors and uh, rockers and that kind of stuff, that's for not- For my own shit, I'll do whatever it takes to make a car sound again, body-wise. But... Like, also, for a guy that doesn't know, I understand. But also, there's always that guy that's trying to make himself become something in the mm-hmm. career. That there's going to be somebody that's going to give you a deal to get their name out there. You know, like, for instance, the Bullnose when I did your truck. The Green, the dude, like, I, I gave you deals. And you know you got hell of a deal for all the shit that you got done to it. And Another thing with projects, if you have buddies who know how to do shit and will do it on the sly, abuse the fuck out of them. <laughs> oh yeah, butter them up, you know. Butter them up, Cody is beer. a professional at doing this. He cons me into doing shit for him all the time. And you know what? I give them my friendship, and that has worked a lot. Well, for instance, Cody has $5,800 in getting new cab corners new wheel wells and bed sections in his bullnose, and a fresh paint job across the whole truck. The truck is straighter than it was brand new. And it, straighter than you. And he has $5,800 into it, and me doing the work. I mean, I have a lot more in the, like, mechanically and right. interior and stuff, but yeah, for body work, you're not going to beat that. But it, you have to find the guy that can do it well, and that's will give you a good price because now I don't touch cars for under 10 grand. If, if it's a less than a $10,000 job, I don't touch it. I charge 90 bucks an hour to do this stuff. And you should. And, but like for a guy starting out, I highly recommend trying everything once. So get a project car that you don't want to be absolute pristine show car at the end of it. Your first one is trial run, learn things. Mm-hmm. Learn how to weld, learn how to do body work, learn how to throw some paint on it, experiment with Plasti Dip, even though that's shit. Can be done right, but usually it turns out like shit, like with the Taurus show I got. And always expect to lose money on your project. That's the other thing that we didn't get to yet, is always expect to lose money on your project car. You're never going to make money doing aftermarket shit to a vehicle. Oh yeah, this is your hobby. This is your passion. It's just similar You're to where Jory to flip it. Yeah, this is right. where Jory was saying, like with the softball leagues, the football leagues, where people are losing their me. money and stuff. Whatever, you guys are all the same. 
you you're not getting your money back from that either, but you're having fun, and right. that's what these vehicles are like. The satisfaction that you get when you have a vehicle that is showworthy. Not even it doesn't even have to be showworthy. Like, but for instance, my my yeah. truck right now, like I I have a big motor in it, and I have. I had the satisfaction of just fucking driving the living piss out of the thing, and it was fun. I I did a motor swap, I did a clutch mm-hmm. swap, and I have a really fun, drivable, and fast single cab short bed five speed. Well, I had that with Loretta too, my '93 uh, Jeep, but which you did some ungodly things to a '93 Jeep. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, uh, I guess we can get into that later. Yeah. How often does somebody see a 93 Jeep set up for the drag strip? <laughs> well, it didn't start as that, though. No, it, it was, was a, it was it a was mud a... crawler. Well, first it was my daily driver for years, and then it became a mud crawler slash trail rig. And then I got bored of doing that, so I was like, you know what? I want a drag vehicle. And I thought, what's better, buying a drag vehicle or taking what I have and making it in one. So I took my 93 Jeep Cherokee. I bought a stroker motor, stroker straight six from a guy in Washington. I went out and got it. And then I threw- Not Washington County, Washington the state. Yes, Washington the state. state. So from here in Wisconsin, that's some goddamn dedication (laughs) that I will applaud. It was was a great vacation. And I came home with a freshly built motor that a guy built for a Jeep, and he had like two other stroker motors that he built, so I got it for cheap, cheaper than I could build it. But how much did it cost you in gas to go out there? It was still cheaper than building it. Oh, shit. Well, okay, so we're kind of diving into another part of this is like that passion and the drive to do what you want to do with your vehicle. Is Cody drove to fucking Washington to go buy a long block that had the stroker kit set up. In it. And like for me, I went, I've gotten the frame back. I've sold it once and bought the frame back. But I've got a four inch lifted single cab short bed square frame that I went and bought. I drove across the state, not across the country, but across the state to go buy because I found a fucking deal and a half. And I went and bought it. And I brought it home and like, I guess, like, what I'm trying to say here is that passion, don't, even though that you need to set a budget so you're not, like, pissed off at your project and where to the point that you don't want to work on it, but, like, fuck, I just, I'm losing it. I'm trying to explain it, and I'm losing it as I'm talking. So, on the whole track of having passion for your project, working mm-hmm. on your project, things like that. What's a good way to stay motivated? Because I know it's easy to just leave it sit in your garage, look at it and say, yeah, I'll get to that or I need to do that. What's a good way to keep yourself actually going and working on it? That is incredibly tough. I guess mm-hmm. what what I do, well, I, I do a couple things. The, the first is I have multiple projects, so I kind of jump around from whatever is speaking to me at the time. And I'll become obsessed with that one project for all, and I'll usually jump to another. Well, I'm working on it now to finish one before jumping into the other. So what I do is I'll go on social media and look up whatever vehicle or vehicles that inspire me, and or I'll watch stuff on Motor Trend or YouTube or different builders and see what they're doing. And I don't know, me seeing other people being able to do it, I'm like, I can do it. If they can do it, I can do it. And that gives me motivation. My motivation comes from, I guess you could say, like the power of attraction or the power of manifestation. Is I will, like, envision my project, what I want it to, what I want the end game to be, and I always consistently and thoroughly think about it, like. Oh, yeah. That's why I'm always changing my mind with the way I want to do the suspension on my truck. That's why I'm always changing my mind with the fueling system. I'm always changing the mind with, do I do turbo? Do I do NA? I'm always, like, thinking about all this stuff, and I'm trying to plan it out in my head. I don't have to write it down. It's just, like, thinking about that project and getting it to the point where I want it to be 
is um, like that's how I stay motivated is like when I'm at work for instance I sit in an office now so I have a lot of time to just think so I'm always thinking about my truck what I'm gonna do to it at this point in my in in the time that I have and then where I want it to be in the next couple of years or in the next six months it it's just like creating a time frame this is what I want to do and then I just kind of stick to that oh yeah I'm always doing that I when I'm at work or just sitting on the couch or whatever I have on my phone I have a memo pad and I have the timeline and the budget for what I want and I'm constantly like oh yeah I want uh, Detroit Forge wheels or I want uh, I want to throw this on bags or you know I'm changing stuff but I'm also like I'm I like the budget of it and like I tracking down parts and stuff so I'm always looking at at different things and between my different projects that's how I get motivated with them too I'll be like well today I'm thinking about what am I going to do with the Nash and I'll do what Wyatt was saying I'll obsess about that for the day and then the next day will be the Daytona or whatever vehicle I'm working on I guess. well that sounds like a lot of ideas work but what but when it actually comes down to putting you know, nice Putting the actual stuff. work in. Oh, yeah, no, we, we never get anything done. We're just really good thinkers. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. It sounds like you're doing a lot of thinking at work, not a lot of doing. Well, also, it comes down to the time that you have after after work, too. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, I have three kids and a wife. And when I come here, I still have a project that I want to finish up for a guy. Exactly why he's here more time than he's at home. Yep, exactly. Yep. He's got three kids and a wife. Of course, he's here working on projects. Great motivation. Get your wife knocked up. <laughs> but, like, I... So tired, you can't wrap up. Yep. But I think, though... I got married to never have to wear a condom again. That's... How's that going for you? Three kids in? I get the vasectomy on the 31st, so... Oh, there you go. Yeah. Right. We'll, we'll talk about that at a later date. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but I think... With us having the shop here, I think having a shop is actually a great motivation point. Oh, for sure. Because if you're going to come out here, you're going to work. It's different than having the garage at your house, where it's just as easy to walk inside, sit on the couch, turn on whatever bullshit, Stranger Things, Ellen DeGeneres, whatever crap you're watching, mm-hmm. to Gilmore Girls. Whatever. Or if you have three screens, all three at the same time. Exactly. One on the toilet. Pornhub, X Hamster, X Videos. Put it up. Exactly. You want to watch three dudes going into three girls all at the same time. Three dudes going into three dudes, whatever you're into. Yeah, different strokes for different folks. <laughs> but yeah, I think definitely having a shop or a workspace not too far away because like my Capri is 40 minutes away from where I live. That's too far. That's a commitment to go out there and work on it. But for, also, instance, for instance, it's seven minutes for me to get here. It's like what? 12, 15 for us? Yep. And like my other shop is connected to my house, and I don't get a lot done there because I mean, nothing. (laughs) You get nothing done. I get some stuff done. When's the last time you got anything done (laughs) other than an oil change? Well, I am here now, so I I bring all the projects here. But the other thing. Yeah, boy, we noticed. (laughs) The other thing with having a dedicated shop, like we're lucky enough to have now, is. You get away from the life, yep. Well, it's not the no, escape of the real that, but it's you have a designated work area for your shit. And the the projects don't seem as large then when you I don't know just kind of having your buddies around I guess, but also also having the equipment too. Yes, because we have all of our equipment. all so, our different projects or our part our tools and our expertises are here. So, so that could be another thing if you have a bunch of buddies. And you are into cars and say one of your buddies or you know somebody or just anything where they got a slightly big enough workspace where you can pull together your tools. So you're not, you know, between your friends having three different sets of everything. You can kind of combine, work together, and then you come to your local point, you're helping each other out, you got all the tools there. You can share and pool your knowledge. Even, for instance, as I was running a body shop here, and I thought I had everything, and then you guys came here, and I 
I feel like I have everything I'll ever need other than the plasma cutter. You know, he has friendship. We're working on the plasma cutter. But as a but, what I'm saying here is like with between three of us, we have enough to do pretty much everything we'd ever want to a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Just about yeah. And we're putting that to test with the different stuff that's in with the your Daytona, which is barely got um, any sort of floor, <laughs> and that square body that's in the shop right now too. Yeah, I don't know. That one's coming along. We're making headway on that one, but it's taken a lot of different tools and like you know, right. Jory's welding and Wyatt's sanding abilities are just superb. Cody's ability to stand there and give a shit. Oh, I admire. Actually, I admire the hell out of it and their hard work. <laughs> Wow, that's the first time I've ever heard a compliment. Come I believe hand. that would be satire. <laughs> I can sense the sarcasm in the air. But yeah, so like, I guess there's a, a whole like culmination of things that you need to be able to do a project vehicle. And um, I, I don't think you'll ever be able to do a project yourself. No, don't be afraid to ask help. And reach out to forums, groups on Facebook. Yeah. And if you're, if you ever find something that you're uncomfortable with, save up and take it to a professional. Like, I I don't like dealing with rear ends. Like, I mean, oh, uh, you're more of a front end guy, I think. More of a, a top end guy. But Get him in the middle. Oh, a top end. Guy. Yeah. But that toppy sloppy or sloppy toppy, however they. The say rear it. ends are just too perfect. I don't know. I don't like, know. You gotta yeah. slap a finger in, call her good. <laughs> we're getting off top. Yeah. I thought we were talking rear ends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like back to what I was saying about like the culmination of having everything to be able to do what we do now. Um, if you're going to start a project, it's kind of like raising a kid. You need a village to raise a kid. You need a village to build a car. It's really really real hard to try and do it by yourself. And a big thing that I've learned in my time of projects and building other people's shit is delegate, delegate, delegate. If you can't do it and you can save up the money, pay somebody else to do it mm-hmm. right. Well, that's what I was trying to say. Right. Because like, there's a point where, yeah, you can do it yourself, but even if you do it yourself to the best that you could do, it's still half-assed where you're going to run into problems later on. Mm-hmm. And so if you can afford or take the time to get it to the point where you won't have to worry about it later. Oh, del- it's worth the peace of mind. Right. So delegate that, you know, like don't, don't just fully think, Oh, well, I'm going to build this whole car. I'm going to build this whole truck because it's never going to happen. Well, I guess going off of that, that is the biggest reason why I have my body. Uh, anytime I have body work done, I have why, like I want why to do it. Because yes, I could probably learn how to do it, but even my best efforts, it's going to take so much time and effort, and I'm still not going to probably come up with what he does because he has thousands of hours into into this craft. But so, even if he helps you along and kind of doesn't necessarily do it for you, but if you got a guy who's willing to sit there with you and say, hey, do it this way instead mm-hmm. of this way. Right. Like, get the Just information. Just so you can get that knowledge yeah. base down. Well, yeah. But so I, you know when you look at a project car, when you go your second or third project car in, hey, I can fix that. Or I got to take that in. It's going to cost me this much. Right. So you can bring that into when you're evaluating your car, your project, your future baby mother of your unloved children unborn children unborn unloved they're all they're gonna be unloved once they're born too you throw a couple of wrenches and swear words at a project it's gonna become unloved pretty quick yeah i've i've sold projects just because i got sick of them and that's the biggest thing is you especially i mean working on your car and keeping your passion for your car Big things. You don't want to let it sit. The longer it sits, the less you're going to get it done on it. And then eventually it just becomes a freaking ornament in your garage taking up space. Where it's like, oh, well, I need the space. Now I'm going to sell it. And then you... The, the, also, the shitty thing about project cars, which there there's always going to be problems with the project car, is 
that point where you get to where it's like, well, I got to get rid of this now because it's taking up space and it's costing me too much money to do. And then that's kind of like where, where most car guys, excuse me, lose their money. That if you sell it before it's finished, not only are you going to lose money, you're going to lose your ass as well as well as your self-respect because mm -hmm. you're always going to kick yourself like, oh, I should have finished that. Yeah. So I guess don't don't take on more than you can handle. And that's where you also want to figure in your time because then you can look back at that project and say, hey, I put four thousand dollars worth of my time into it. I only was able to sell for twenty five hundred. Mm -hmm. Well. Also, I don't know if I would ever put a dollar sign on my work into my own thing. Oh, why it's time is priceless. Oh, yeah. No, I think up. you mean worthless. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, for anybody, though, is, like, if you start putting a dollar amount on your project for yourself with your time, you're never going to be happy because, you know, like, well, I'm losing... I'm losing 50 bucks an hour. I'm losing 100 bucks an hour. Like, if you're going to put that... Well, like, if that's if you're going to look at it as a pessimistic piece of shit. Well, if you're going to look at it as, I'm investing. That's also a lot of extra pressure on yourself, too, if you're doing yes. that. Because then you're like, oh, my God, I just spent three hours on redoing all the brakes on this vehicle. That's... Uh, if you're doing sixty dollars, I'm not. Like, that's a, you know, hundred eighty dollars. Hey, I'm not saying keep track of it as you're doing it. I'm just saying keep it in mind when you have to sell it. Yeah, because it puts it if, in perspective for if, your next if project. You're sell it. Yes. No, you, you definitely have a point there. Because then it'll give you that extra little kick in the ass, saying, "Hey, man, I didn't really do anything with it. I was fucking around, beating off the Pornhub every other thirty minutes." And then I lost this much time, parts, and everything. I wanted the project. It was a good vehicle. Good deal. It was a good deal. I could have done great things with it, but I just fell off the wagon. You got to keep on some sort of a schedule. I guess, I guess a routine. A routine is a good thing to do. Say, hey, every Thursday night, every Friday night, for a couple hours, I'm going out into the shop. I'm gonna do something on this project. I'm not gonna let it sit and just build up dust. Because once you start that habit of not working on it, it's easier to not work on it than it is to get out there and work on it. Well, and I guess what I think, I'm gonna speak for Wyatt here. Oh God. I think, well, you're gonna have to lower your IQ a little bit. Hey, shut up. I know, I'm at the IQ of a rock right now. Yeah. I think what we're trying just to Just remember, say, you fucking paid me to work on your car. And with my own business, so it's not a rock; it's a boulder. Yes, that's <laughs> it's not a rock. boulder. <laughs> it's a boulder. Anyways, I guess what we're saying is, you have a you definitely have a point where you want to keep in mind the your time is money. Your time is worth something. But we're also saying don't prior don't put that on don't the top of the priority. Put everything in the lens of oh, I'm spending this, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. No. Just keep in mind. Keep it in your scope yeah. of when you're working on something. Like, hey, if I let this fall off the wagon, what have I put into it? What am I got? What am I losing by not actually, you know, following through with this project? Yeah, fiscally, that's really responsible. Fiscally, yeah. Fiscally. Okay. You know what that means? I was just making sure you were like actually meaning fiscally. Yes. Fiscally. Okay. Officially. 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 I know. I was just making sure like you were using or you I was using it correctly. Okay. Sorry. But yeah, so like both of you are have good points is like I was speaking for you, so you also had a good point. Right. But like yes, focus on how much it's gonna take to get to the point of Finishing in parentheses. It's never finished. It, it, it's never going to be finished, but like. It always takes longer to finish. To, to get to the back. point that you want to be is, yeah, keep in mind the time that you're going to invest into it, but also view it as an investment you're never going to make money on, and you're just strictly doing it for your passion. Yeah, it's kind of like having a child. Yeah, you, you're, you're never, never going to make, make money, money off the child. You do it for love. The love of... Yeah, yeah, you were wondering where I was going with that. I, I'm uh, following you now, yeah. yeah. Like, 
the, it's you the, can't just sell off a child or like you'd sell off a project. Well, you can, but... You can't lock your child in a garage for a couple of we years. We definitely do not approve of selling your children. That's definitely not what we're trying yeah. to say. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, we talked about good projects to start with. Pick something that doesn't need a whole lot of work. Start small. Work your way up. Oh, yeah. Definitely start with, like, a Triumph and work your way up to the crew cab. Dually. <laughs> it's... No, but realistically, I, I was making a joke, but realistically, also, working on a small a small car is a lot easier than working on a large-ass truck. Just, like, all the parts are larger, the torques are higher, like, if you work on a, a small car, like, it just, it, it's easier in certain ways. Well, and another, and especially if... You're looking for something that's maybe got a salvage title or something like that that's really new. The newer stuff's got a lot of electronics and takes way smarter people than me to figure out. So you don't want to get too new with it. You want to keep it where a lot of it's simple. You can figure out your fuel system, your electrical, your brake system. And also, a nice thing about like nowadays is you can modernize a very old vehicle. Like, I'm going to put EFI in my Capri. Exactly. Like, you can put fuel injection in a fucking motor that was meant for... In a Model A. Yeah. And you... I would swap that bitch. And now, because of, like, all the stuff is um, pre-EPA regulation, you're still able to buy this aftermarket stuff that you're able to self-tune... Or they're actually self-learning computers nowadays, and it's affordable. The sniper is, yeah. Like even even the Fitech systems, the Fitech system for my truck, with my motor, I can run at like it's twelve hundred bucks, and I can be pushing six hundred fifty horsepower out of a little small block, and that's just because a computer can tell me like, hey, air to fuel ratio is this to get to this horsepower, this torque, blah, 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 because of the parameters that's in my motor. And with the sensors, it's constantly monitoring and adjusting, whereas yes. a carburetor, it's all mechanical. It's just, oh, that's what you set it to for this, so that's what it's going to run for for everything. Like, this humidity is going to do this. Okay, change jets to be able to run this humidity. It It's a lot of screwing around with mechanical shit, but electronic... Uh, uh, a very affordable electronic system can do for you. But also, doing the carb, I think at this point, if you're being realistic, running a carb, you're doing it for the nostalgia. Well, not, not only that, too, but I think every guy or every person that's going to be in the niche of like car building or doing project vehicles all the time is... You should at least know how to rebuild a carburetor. You well, should yeah, at least but, know how to tune a carburetor because, for instance, the Hollies, the Edelbrocks are all stupid easy to tune. Mm-hmm. And, and you just don't the, put your injectors in upside down. And the, you have 15 years of forums nowadays to be able to pick and or choose. YouTube, like, yeah. There's great YouTube videos from Holly, from Edelbrock. from, And if you know how to rebuild an Edelbrock, you know how to rebuild a carburetor. Right. You know, and I'm sure Hollies are. I Hollies to me are simple because I've been able to and I've dealt with, and tune with. I've dealt with Edelbrock, so like Edelbrock's and Carters to me are pretty easy. And if you get down the basic anatomy and of how a carburetor works, you can kind of look around it and be like, oh yeah, well that's the power valve. Those are the jets. That's the float. Right, and mm-hmm. all that pertains into later model vehicles that are running injectors they're running different style uh, throttle bodies different style intakes you're able to see the cfm based off of what this throttle body and this intake does and then you can choose injectors because you already know what a, what this carb what a carburetor that's sufficient to or equal to what the efi is, is you're able to two in the same way you're just doing it electronically instead of mechanically and so like to me the for mechanical project like if you're gonna build a car i think you should get something that's got a carburetor on it and you learn that carburetor you learn timing you learn all that shit for mechanical engine 
and it'll help you throughout your whole, I, I can't say career, but lifespan of building vehicles because nowadays... But is that only going to help you with carbureted vehicles? But that's yes and no. That's what I was explaining though, is like you're able to take the same knowledge that you have with a carburetor, okay, this kind of fuel with this kind of air makes this kind of ratio, you're able to do the same thing with a computer with the EFI. Mm-hmm. So like you, it, it all corresponds. And I, I just think for somebody that's trying to get into it, your best way of learning is starting with the carburetor and going further into it and going into EFI and then self tuning and then actual like personal tuning into that kind of shit. But also with a simple OBD scanner, with any OBD2 system or even OBD1 system, you can go onto a screen and you can see what your air to fuel ratio is. And I guess... you guys remember what was the first year they had OBD sensors on our ports and vehicles? OBD1 started in the 80s. Yeah, I was going to say it's in, the 80s. And OBD2... 96. 96, yeah. And then for... Best year. For, for large vehicles, OBD2 was 2000. So yeah, that's another thing to keep in mind if you're uh, relying on your OBD scanner. Uh, keep it newer than the 80s, kids. <laughs> yeah, well, the, well, and OBD2, all vehicles are the same plug and everything. If you go OBD1, then Chrysler had a different one. Toyota had a different one. Mm-hmm. For, they all have different connectors, and they have different locations for the connectors, where Chrysler is under the hood. And Chevy was under the dash. Ford was... Where was Ford on OBD ones? I don't know. I've never had OBD one Ford. Yeah, mine's too old. My bullnose is too got old the big too. box on it. No, it's not too old. The small box had yeah or OBD one. I can't remember where the Ford ones were. Regardless, they're all in different locations. It's a whole different volume. And then, but also with the OBD one vehicles, and this is a little off topic, but. There's also a key cycle. I'm gonna go take a piss while he's on this tangent. Okay, I'll try and keep him roped in enough. With the OBD1 vehicles, you can actually find out what the what your codes are, but you cycle the key and it'll flash different patterns on like what code it is. It's it's cool, it's rudimentary, but it's it's something to keep in mind too, I guess, when you're diagnosing old, you know, 80s, 90s vehicles. Yeah, and I mean, that's a big thing with diagnosing, figuring out what's wrong with it to begin with. I mean, you don't want to take on, for your first project especially, I would honestly, for your first project, you want something that runs. Oh, yeah. You don't want to buy something where it doesn't run, you got a trailer, it. you don't want something that needs engine work. Well, and if you don't have a lot of experience, then even a simple, you know, quote, simple issue can get complicated pretty quick. Whereas if you have a lot of experience, especially with a certain kind of vehicle, you can be like, oh, well, these had problems with O2 sensors, or these had problems with plenum, plenum leaks, or... Yeah, like my truck. Yep. Or like... These vehicles had transmission issues where the linkage would mess with the car, you know, there's different, every vehicle is kind of have their quirks, but if you're new to it, you're not. So what you're saying is before you're going to go into a project, find something you're passionate about, keep it in your budget, keep it something that doesn't need a whole lot of work, keep it to where the work is something you can feasibly either do or find somebody to help you do research as well that's what i'm that's what i'm getting to research research what's wrong with them what goes wrong with them typical problems typical mm-hmm. things you need to replace what you need to expect when you're coming into that project you don't want to go into it blind come up with research on it. oh yeah because there's if you know little about vehicles, especially like certain kind of vehicles, somebody may say, it doesn't run. Like, I think it's a fuel pump. When in reality, like it might be a Volkswagen Golf that has a, you know, the time chain broke. Yeah, it won't run, but also that 
motor is fucked, you know, but all you know is it doesn't run. And if you don't know a whole lot about the, you know, vehicles or even that vehicle in general, you might be like, oh, well, that's not that big of a deal. Well, it is in that one. So to kind of like bring us all back to is, um, <laughs> a big thing is if you're going to do a project car, don't make it your dream car for your first project. Oh yeah. You, you will hate that motherfucker. Yep. And, um, like for instance, one of my dreams is to build an R32 GTR from ground up. I go buy a body, I import a body, whatever it takes to get one. But I really don't, like I, I know enough about an R32, but I don't know enough to be able to build a R32 to the standard that I would build it to. I guess another thing, this is kind of awful what you're saying. When you're picking your first vehicle, your first project vehicle, also be aware that you will always probably have a soft spot for that kind of vehicle. So don't pick something that you're not going to like either. Because like my first project vehicle was also my first car was the G Body Dodge Daytonas. I'm now on like number eight, and we're redoing floors on one that should be scrapped. Redoing floors, we're putting in floors no, that we're, are we're not creating existing. floors. Yes, <laughs> but but that's my point is. But also you've you've gained the not only the confidence in it, but like the the knowledge and the time invested. To get to the point where you feel comfortable doing that work to to oh, that. Oh yeah, I I've been around these vehicles for the past you know twelve years, and the more I work on vehicles, the more I'm like, oh, it's just metal, you know, you know. And, yeah, it's because you don't weld on the bitch. Not no. not only that, but like because Cody's got the background in this one specific vehicle. Mm-hmm. He's comfortable with doing the things that he's doing to it. Well, I'm aware of the the typical issues with them. So, like, to get it running was no problem. You know, like, I, I got the car running and sat for 10 years, got it running, then it died, you know, got it rerunning again. And we've gone through that a few times. But I'm well-versed in them where I understand where there's certain issues that these cars have. And you got to work through those quirks. And that either comes with the time of being invested into the, that stuff that specific car or it comes in the time of actually researching doing all of that or a combination of both right so like to stay on the topic of first builds or the first project car that you pick is you're picking something that you know kind of okay you know people that can help you and you know where you can get the parts mm-hmm so on that point, where do you guys go to get your parts? eBay, Facebook Marketplace, is there aftermarket OEM dealers? It depends for, on the vehicle. Yeah, for mechanical or body too. That. that All right, let's start with mechanical and then we'll get into body. Because most people are going to start with the mechanical side of things before they hit body. So for mechanical, I will only order for Summit, from Summit. But that's also with me... Dealing with Jags, Speedway, eBay, Amazon. What about Rock Auto? That's where I start. I start at Rock Auto for, I guess, are you going OEM stuff or are you going aftermarket? I mean, I mean, for most people, I mean, a project can go either way. Yeah, it depends on if they want to bring the project back to what it was or if they want to improve on it. If I'm looking for a factory replacement part... I go rock auto. If I'm going for a wider range of like what might work, what might not work, Summit is a great. But keep in mind like Summit, Jags, they have certain minimum orders before you get free shipping. Rock auto, you always pay for shipping, but generally the parts are so cheap yeah. that it's still going to be cheaper than anywhere else. And also do your, do your homework on all these parts. Sometimes... The local auto parts store will actually be cheaper than all these other places. Other times, some it will be cheaper. Sometimes, rock out. Like, there's certain things that certain places just get a better deal on. On that, get um, acquainted with your O'Reillys. 
No, don't use O'Reilly's. It depends on Why the Why not? Most of the time, O'Reilly's is using the cheapest part and charging you the most. It depends on the part, really. But. Go with, if you're going but, with part numbers. It, but also, we were just talking about how don't go with the best deal because it might hurt you later. Then O'Reilly's is the most expensive. How is that the best deal? Because it's not the best part. You have to do your research on it. No, but I'm saying you use you find whatever the best. So what is it? O'Reilly's, Napa, AutoZone. I personally do not. I try and not use local parts stores. He's anti-local economy, but that's <laughs> no. We're not getting into that. no. What, what I'm I guess I think we're all kind of in agreement with what we're trying to say. We're just saying in different ways. Is you find the best part for that vehicle, but then use the part number that whatever part that is, and search all the different companies because sometimes O'Reilly's will carry a better brand. They'll have it available to them, and it will be cheaper than another company. You search that part number though; the part number does not lie. Do not be afraid to look at reviews. Mm-hmm. That works too. Yeah. People only leave reviews when they're really pissed off, or really happy, or really happy, or oh. they're paid. And you can usually tell when they're paid. <laughs> That's also where, like, I'm not trying to endorse anybody, but, like, <clears throat> excuse me, for for me, Summit can get you the best part for the best price because they're only selling specific aftermarket for your vehicle. And for the lesson form, what kind of stuff does Summit supply? Everything. Everything? Pretty, Pretty much, much everything. you could ever want. And it's usually high quality. Like, there are... Is it made in the USA? Depends on the part. It depends, yeah. And it's not all high quality. They're... So, like, Summit also has, like, the... The affordable side of it. They have, like, their own brands. It's kind of like the Walmart brand, you know, whatever. And some of their stuff is decent. I guess, like Jory was saying, is... Look at the reviews, too. There's certain parts that, honestly, you can buy a... A cheaper brand and still get a quality part. And then there's other things you have to buy OEM, other, other like especially electronic stuff. OEM for a lot of stuff, I would advise. They spend a lot of money and a lot of engineers are making sure that shit works. Mm-hmm. But if it's something that doesn't do a lot, like it's it's a bushing or it's an engine mount. Oh yeah, a bushing, like. Then you, I mean, you can go a little bit cheaper. It's not doing a lot. But if it's something that's highly mechanical, highly precise, you want to make sure it's going to last and going to work, especially if you you don't want to be changing your fucking axles out or any of that shit. Yeah, if it's a part that is hard to replace too, make sure you think about it when you're replacing. Like, do I want to replace this again within the next couple of years? And if the answer is no... Probably buy a better brand. But the the problem is, especially if you're going on your first project, people don't know that it's a bitch when they go in on the first one. No, but if they're into the project and then they're like, oh, I need to buy uh, a drive shaft or uh, a yoke or something, and they found that it was a pain in the ass to do, buy it, you know, buy Yukon, buy some good brand. Sorry. He's anti-Yukon. <coughs> you think I'd be pro-Yukon, a big Chevy boy? I would guess. buy Yukon. I would definitely buy Yukon. Yukon Jack? Well, I want to do a Yukon locker in my in my rear end. That's... Okay, so, like, there's a lot of, like, first beginners starting and building, but we can also get into the point of, like, hey, I want to fit this wheel inside this truck or this car and I'm going to shorten my axle. And whoa, whoa, whoa. You're going to yeah. do some advanced shit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't right. think we time for this. But like, we can get into that later, but because we're already an hour into this. So. Only an hour. Only an hour. But we really, most podcasts only go to an hour, so. Or just past. Just past. Yeah. I mean, I we've know. covered a lot. I mean, for this topic, I think we've definitely... I think we've I mean, made it. something to think about. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just kind of bring it back around. Kind of, you know, overview everything we kind of talk about. On your first project, don't make it your forever car. 
you want to get something you can learn on, something you can figure some things out, start to experiment with welding, body work, mechanical stuff. Buy something that isn't totally unique out of the freaking wheelhouse. You want something that's got good support on parts, good support on the forums, all kinds of information out there. You want to have people around you, good knowledge base to help you just in general. Look at the support system. Simplify, exactly. simplify, simplify. Don't be if just go into it, budget out all your parts, your time, kind of make sure you're happy with what you want to put into this vehicle. Don't buy a vehicle that needs a ton of work. Start small, work your way up. You don't want to bite off more than you can chew right out the get go. That can ruin your whole enjoyment for the whole passion. Oh, yeah. Another thing, just try to keep in the passion. Set aside some time each week where you're going to work on it. Even if you don't, even if you're just vacuuming it out, get out there, work on it, look at it, write down what you need to do to it. Just look at it, do something with it. And I mean, parts are out there. You know, if it's something highly precision oriented, highly technical. But something you're not comfortable with. Something you're not comfortable with. Something that's going to take a lot of time to replace. Maybe spend an extra couple bucks, get something a little bit better. If it's something very easy, very simple, caveman shit, it's a bushing, it's a spacer. Sure, you can go cheaper. Ain't going to hurt nothing. Yeah. yeah. But... At the end of the day, just have fun with it. Have fun. If you're not having fun, you're not in the passion, you're not doing anything. Right, exactly. If if you're not passionate about what you're doing, don't fucking do it. And another thing, post that shit. Because you start posting and people start telling you what you need to fix. <laughs> yeah. You might get some haters. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Fuck the haters. Maybe don't listen to everyone. Like keep Don't listen own. to everyone. Take it with a grain of salt. But there are there is going Don't to be, be afraid to ask questions either. Go a, on your forums. There's about a car group for every single type of car these days. Mm-hmm. But even even on like TikTok, Instagram, excuse me, Facebook, there's gonna be guys that or people that will give you the information that you might need. There's a lot of helpful people. Oh, yeah. Like I know people paint social media as like, oh, everyone's haters and this and that. Yeah, there are some haters and stuff, but there is all, I've learned, I've gotten a lot of parts from people on social media. I've learned a lot from people on social media. Like, it can be a great resource. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I definitely think like, yeah, there's going to be those people that are going to talk down on your build, but there's also going to be those people that want to see you do this build mm-hmm. and they're going to give you the information that you Especially might need. Because if you're a true car enthusiast, a car guy, they want to see it look cool too. Or they're going to help you get it to be cool. Like, oh, you want to do that? Well, I know you can do this with that to get it to that point and it'll be fucking cool in your project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just want to see cool shit. Exactly. Because yeah. when we go to car shows, it's not like, oh, yeah, I want to do that. It's like, oh, fuck, look at that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's different. That's yep. cool. Yep. That person made it them their own. I mean, that person stuck a flashlight in his exhaust pipe. Who cares? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that should wrap it up right there. Yeah, you I, can't, I can't think say it any more perfectly let, than that. Let's, let's wrap it up. All right, I'm sound off. You've been. Say your fucking name for Christ's sake. I'm Wyatt. Um, I'm. He's white. He's gay. Yeah. He no. loves giant cock. Jesus Christ. But I, I am. Uh, no, you've said for, No, for my closing is. Uh, plug your socials, whatever. Jesus Christ. Now you put me on the spot. Christ. <sighs> All right. Move on. Somebody else. Cody. I'm Cody. I uh, provide white with his entertainment. Um, follow us on Instagram and our Facebook page. Stony Hill Garage. Without an E. S-T-O-N-Y. Yes. Hill. Stony H-I-L-L. Hill. Garage. Yeah. Well, Garage. We can't spell that right now. Yeah. And, yeah, personal 
Instagram you want to plug? Nope. Let's see your projects, what you've been working on? I put everything on the, the group page. Wait, wait, wait. I can get my TikTok up. Everybody follow me at Wyatt Blashy. No spaces, no underscores, no dots. Yeah, Blashy? but how do you spell Wyatt? Is that W-Y-A-T-T-B-L-A-S-H-E. And that is it. And uh, if you're disappointed in his content, please don't blame us. He is unaffiliated in every single way possible. We do not support except, or condone his behavior. Except for my facility makes everything possible. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we won't get to that. And I have been your uh, not-so-gracious host, uh, if you want to call it that, but um, I'm not really on social media. Follow Jory at Peeps2B. It's Peeps2P on Instagram. I have all three posts. They're all cars at this point. No, there's one for my prevail. And one for my prevail. The rest are cars. But follow, definitely check follow, us. Also follow I Prevail. Yes. Fuck yeah. Follow I Prevail. They're very good. We'll talk about music on a different episode. Yes, but shit. Alright, yeah. fuckers. Peace. Peace yeah. Stay horny.